This episode of the 501st cast is dedicated to Barbara Paller, TI-1729 of the 501st Legion's Austrian Garrison. She passed away on September 17th. Formerly a member of German Garrison, Barbara was very active in both the Star Wars and Star Trek costuming communities. Her infectious humor always added welcome levity to trooping events. Barbara is survived by her loving husband, Uli Paller, TK-429, and daughter Constance. It is with great pride that we now enter Barbara's name into the 501st Hall of Eternal Legionnaires. We found the computer outlet, sir. Plug in. You should be able to interpret the entire Imperial network. You are listening to the 501st Cast, the official podcast of the 501st Legion, Lucasfilm's preferred Imperial costuming organization. Stay tuned for global news from the front lines of the Empire as the men and women of Vader's fist celebrate more than a decade of promoting Star Wars, honing the art of costumes and props, and contributing to the community through charity and volunteer work. And here are your hosts. Take it away, troopers. Copy that. Welcome to the 501st Cast, the official podcast of the 501st Legion, Vader's Fist. This is episode 85 for September 2014, and I'm your host, Ed, TI-5335. And this is Nikki, DZ-8397. And it's Scott, SL-9854. And the 501st Legion is currently at 7,020 members, with 12,198 approved costumes in the Legion. Impressive. Most impressive. We just hit the 7,000-member milestone. And and another milestone we uh, recently hit was 300,000 Facebook fans. We have as many as Mark Zuckerberg. Yay! (laughs) In this episode, we welcome a new TIE pilot to our ranks, visit Legoland, storm a 20-year-old rebel base, and stand guard for the Vader balloon. Stay tuned. Recent news. Recent news? I, I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure that this is going to be recent it's, news. Well, it's kind of new to some people. Maybe if you haven't come across it on Facebook yet. But our recent news segment is being interrupted by this very important short. Star S'mores. A long time ago, in a cookies and Milky Way galaxy far, far away, Star S'mores. The thrilling story of a princess taken prisoner by the evil Galactic Empire. Help! I've been taken prisoner by the evil Galactic Empire! And of the unlikely heroes who must rescue her, there's the young Luke Piewalker. I won't fail you, Princess Parfaya. The mischievous but lovable Flan Solo. And don't forget roguishly handsome. With his loyal partner, Chewie the Cookie. What? Whoa, 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 hey, whoa, stop the music. We can't have Cookie for partner. Why not? This why not. Cookie! Hey, eat that Chewie Crunchy. Mission reports. 
Well, our first report was from way back in May, but we thought it'd be a good accomplishment to talk about anyway. Northeast Remnant Garrison's RJ, TK8303, volunteered to run a five-kilometer charity race in his Stormtrooper armor. The race supported St. Paul's United Methodist Church in Brick, New Jersey, and as a fundraiser to put a new roof on the building. In the end, $3,500 was raised, which got them over the goal, and they're now supporting sporting a brand new roof. Supporting or sporting, both ways. RJ acted as a sweeper in the race and was instructed to finish last to make sure everyone got back safe so the organizers knew when the race was over. Even so, he finished the 5K in under 52 minutes. Well done, Trooper. On Friday, August 22nd, members of Mountain Garrison, Mountain Base, and the Mando Mercs assisted with the first-ever Colorado Rockies Star Wars Night. This was also Mountain's first-ever Major League Baseball sporting event, and they made sure to rise to the occasion with a group of almost 40 costumers on hand to cheer on the team and please the fans. The roster had great variety with TIE pilots, X-Wing pilots, Imperial gunners, Navy crew... TKs, Snowies, Scouts, Jedi, a Luke, and of course Darth Vader. The event kicked off with a pregame parade around the field of costumers and costumed fans while a live band played themes from Star Wars. SL 3180 as Darth Vader got to toss out the first pitch. Members were scattered throughout Coors Field, greeting spectators at entrance gates, assisting with on-field activities, and providing non-stop photo opportunities. The Rocky staff was amazing in getting our volunteers safely and efficiently around the stadium. Unfortunately, the Miami Marlins beat the Colorado Rockies 13-5, but a good time was had by all. Thanks to Shanna, TB24601, for that report. So wait a minute. Here's an important thing I need to know. How was the first pitch? Did he make it? Did he get it across the plate? Did he throw it at, into the sky? What happened? Anybody know? Good question. We'll have to look for a video. Well, I just I need to know because I had the most miserable first pitch ever as a Darth Vader a couple of years ago. I'll admit it freely, uh, but you know I got a lot of good booing. Um, so I always like to know how our Vaders do. <laughs> <laughs> I'd imagine the uh, the shoulder armor would kind of limit you a little it, bit there. I, I had practiced like three different times to throw this freaking ball out at one of the games for the Dodgers, and then when it came time to do it, I went to throw, and absolutely the shoulder armor just hitched my shoulder and I threw it directly to the dirt in front of me and it rolled towards the plate <laughs> and everyone goes, use the force. And oh, I, I turned around and pretended to choke the two stormtroopers on the field. So all was well with the world, but still I was just like, really? How embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry, I digress. Next. All right. So next up on August 23rd, Belgian garrison was requested by Fixalab, which I'm assuming that's how it's pronounced. You folks can't see this, but it's F-Y-X-X-I-L-A-B. L-A-B. L-A-B. I think I got the lab part. Fixalab. It's syllabus. Yeah. So anyways, this place, to promote their open day, which I'm guessing is sort of like an open house, um, invited Belgian Garrison. So Fixalab is an education center for kids between 6 and 16 years of age. It lets them come in contact with the possibilities of new developments in technology like automation, 3D printing, tablet apps, etc., but does so in a playful manner without too much theory behind the technology. In the neighborhood where FixLab is located, there was a street fair, and FixLab asked the 501st to hand out flyers and attract people to come and take a look at the educational center. 
In exchange, the garrison was given some booth space to present some of their recently translated 501st Trifold brochures, anti-bullying posters, and some costume props. Also, a scale model of R2KT was also on display. So we'll have a link to some photos in our show notes from this event, and thanks to Dimitri TR3464 for that report. You have to write in and tell me how the heck I'm actually supposed to pronounce this Fix-A-Lab place. <laughs> I think you got it. Fix-A-Lab. Uh, awesome. Empire City Garrison made two library visits recently. On August 26th, they appeared at Brentwood Public Library, which featured arts and crafts, games, snacks, and more attacks by vicious Jedi Padawans than their pool noodle lightsabers could handle. Uh, fortunately... SL5928 successfully fended them off with the dark side. And on September 20th, they helped Elmont Public Library celebrate their 75th anniversary. So we'll have links and photos from both events in our show notes. And thanks to Ron, SL5928, and Chris, TK6744, for those reports. Hey, here's a new idea. For anyone listening to the 501st cast right now, we're going to have a special code word during this episode. What should we make the code word? Well, we can't tell you. If we tell you the code word, then you'll know it right now. We're going to do a code word, and the first person to email us will win a fantastical 501st cast podcast patch. Nice. Huh? What do you think of that? Yeah. Do you, do you have patches? Yes. To give away? Oh, thank God. Oh. Okay. <laughs> well, okay. Then we're on. We can do it. All right. So, so, so we're thinking of the word right now. So if anyone yeah, is listening yeah. is psychic, yeah. they might be I'm able to get thinking, it. Right now, I'm, I'm thinking of a word between one and ten, but that starts with a letter. <laughs> <laughs> what is the email address they should use to claim their fantastical prize? So you have to make sure that you email podcast. At 501st.com, and in your subject line, put 501st cast, code word. There you and go, then, people. obviously, in the message, you have to let us know the code word, or else, you know, I'm just going to delete your email. Right. And it has to be spelled properly, too. Yeah. Proper case and everything. I mean, everything counts here, troopers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so if you're listening, there you go. The code word coming up in this episode. Stay tuned and you can win a fantastical 501st cast podcast patch. Say that five times. <laughs> <laughs> Continuing yeah. on. Let's just move on. <laughs> and six stormtroopers from Empire City Garrison attended Subway's 49th birthday bash along with the Boys and Girls Club of Bridgeport, Connecticut, on Thursday, August 28th. Children from the Boys and Girls Club were the official party guests of the Subway Birthday Bash. The event was held at the Subway Restaurant on West 35th Street in New York City. Members started arriving at 10 a.m., and once gathered, were given a quick run-through of their role at the party before getting suited up. Before hitting the floor, Subway's celebrity rep Jared actually came into the changing room to meet them before the festivities kicked off. At last, the children arrived and were seated in the dining area of the restaurant. Then the Imperial March was played over the loudspeaker in the store, and that was the trooper's cue to head into the dining room. The kids were stunned as were the customers. For the next hour, Jared and a Subway physical trainer proceeded to teach the kids the importance of good eating and daily exercise to keep fit and healthy. The trainer played some games with the children that involved physical exercise that the troopers also took part in. After the exercise, the children were given Star Wars gift bags with a sandwich and some other goodies to take home. 
In fact, for those that don't know, all of Subway's kids' meals right now come in an official Star Wars Rebels mini cinch sack, and there's apparently six different ones to collect. Last but not least, Empire City Garrison posed for lots of photo ops with the kids, Subway employees, and Jared. They took photos inside the restaurant and outside on the streets of New York as well. We'll have links in our show notes so you can check some of those out. At the end of the event and after suiting down, troopers were treated to a subway lunch, naturally. Thanks to Anthony TK10666 for that report. But Empire City Garrison's day wasn't done. Some troopers for the subway event headed out next to the Washingtonville Wizards football kickoff bonfire. Troopers were on hand to pose for photos and help collect donations towards new team uniforms. They collected $126, which was added to the approximately $1,800 raised by various raffles and other donations throughout the event. Thanks to John, TC2577, for that report. You know, you said you said that the kids' meals came in the official Star Wars Rebels mini cinch sack, and I could swear I heard you say Star Wars Rebels mini crunch snacks. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, mmm, mini crunch snacks from maybe, Rebels. Maybe <laughs> crunch sack, uh, maybe crunch snacks came with the cinch sack. <laughs> right, with the cinch sack. It's a mini cinch sack crunch snack. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, My I tried to get crunchy flesh. snacks. <laughs> Uh, sorry, it just it struck me as funny. Move along, Drew. Well, I tried to get crunchy <laughs> snacks when I went over to Subway and got my kids' meal so that I could get my fish right? sack. And right, it, see? It wasn't an option, though. I could only get, I think it was um, a cookie or, like, apple slices or something like that. Uh, I, wanted, I wanted potato chips, but I couldn't, so I, I got know. a cookie. Come on, well, come on. Know. But Apples I did get all six too. bags. Oh, yeah. see? So I'm all set. <laughs> I was kind of surprised, though. They didn't have an Ezra one. I, from all the promotion, it seemed like he what? was like the main character of the show. Yeah. And there was no Ezra bag. How fun. Well, what are the six? Um, it's a Stormtrooper, Hera, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Chopper, the Inquisitor. Um, I don't remember what the other two were now. Yeah, I forget the character's name. There's that big... Uh, I think um, Kanan and Zeb. Yeah, K- Kanan. Yeah. So um, it's like... Everybody but Sabine and Ezra. How funny is that? Maybe they're going to get bigger bags next month. <laughs> yeah, maybe there will be a second wave later. <laughs> oh, fun. So next up was Toronto, Canada's massive fan expo, which took place August 28th through 31st. And our Canadian garrison, along with Rebel Legion counterparts, the R2 Builders Club, and neighboring 501st Legion units rocked the exhibit hall with one of the most professional-looking fan pavilions, to use Mary Franklin's term, ever seen outside of a celebration. I was able to talk with Mary briefly on the last day of the con, so take a listen. This is Nikki, DZ8397, and I'm recording at Fan Expo in Toronto. I'm standing right in the Star Wars Rebels booth, and I'm going to be talking with Mary Franklin. You want to introduce yourself? Hello, I'm Mary Franklin, and I'm standing here with Nikki in the Lucasfilm Star Wars Rebels booth at Toronto Fan Expo. I um, head up events and fan relations at Lucasfilm. And has uh, Lucasfilm had a booth at Fan Expo before? 
We were here, but not since 2011. We came in 2011 to promote the Blu-ray box set release. Okay. And so far, you've uh, for those who haven't attended Fan Expo, it spans two different buildings in the convention center. And unfortunately, the 501st is in one building and Lucasfilm is in another building. Have you had a chance to make it over to the other building to see the 501st booth? I did. I made a special point of going over to see the 501st booth in the North Hall. And calling it a booth is, is not even exactly accurate because it is a wonderful pavilion production. I was so impressed. And I, you guys, or the, I should say the Canadian garrison did an amazing job organizing that. There were a lot of interactive areas, things to do, money being raised for charity at multiple locations costumes, droids. What I like the best is that the Rebel Legion, the the 501st, and the R2-D2 builders were all together and all worked together. It really made it spectacular. Yeah, we're going to have a, try to have a video uh, link in the podcast that'll uh, take you on a little virtual tour. But yeah, it was a multi-sided booth, um, and each group had a little uh, area that they could let themselves shine. So it was fantastic. Now, we're winding down here at Fan Expo, and uh, everyone's going to start gearing up for the, the next big thing that is uh, exciting for Star Wars fans convention-wise. So you want to uh, give a plug for that? Absolutely. <laughs> and of course, of course, there's no doubt. The next big thing for Star Wars fans is Star Wars Celebration. That's in Anaheim, April 16th through 19th this coming spring. Um, I really do believe this is going to be the biggest celebration ever. I'm excited planning it, uh, just thinking about the possibilities. It's, it's going to be an amazing event. And I've got to tell anyone out there who's planning to go, if you don't have a hotel room, get it now. We've added hotel rooms twice to the block. So like, get, get in there and make your plans. But it, truly, it's going to be really exciting. So do you have any kind of estimate of already at this point how many uh, room blocks have already been taken up? Well, we we sold out our original room block almost right after um, our celebration Germany, the celebration Europe we had in you know, July 2013. So we added another block, and then we added a, a third block, and we're working our way through that. So, yeah, act now. <laughs> It is. It's really going to be a good time. And I love celebrations because of, you know, what we at Lucasfilm can share with the fans. But, like, every bit as much or more, I love what the fans bring to the show. And the kind of creativity, like we saw here at the at the fan pavilion over in Toronto Fan Expo, like, it, people bring that, like, many times over to celebration. And that's one of the things that makes the show so great. Yeah, I know our uh, Southern California garrison is hard at work on their, their, you know, their blueprints on what they want to do for the 501st space. Um, so I'm sure that uh, that'll be fantastic. We're going to have to tease them with some of the pictures that the Canadian garrison has come up with for for their uh, area. Uh, another thing I wanted to ask, I don't know if you've even thought about it yet, but of the the new um, characters that we're going to be seeing in Star Wars Rebels, is there anything that you're really excited about seeing the 501st Legion or the Rebel Legion or the, or the, uh, the droid builders uh, recreate? 
So, you know, as soon as we see previews for anything, we're already starting in our mind of thinking. So is there anything um, in Rebels so far that you're like, oh, I can't wait to see what they come up with for that? Oh, well, there's a number of things. I mean, I, the just the, the changes to the Stormtrooper helmets, I think, look really cool. And I'm, I'm sure somewhere someone is already working on those because they've they've seen the pictures. One of the things I'm excited about in particular is, like, this is the Rebels show. And the Rebel Legion is going to get a, a lot of new, interesting costumes to make. Like, a, a Rebel who's also a Mandalorian. Uh, you know, a Jedi who's a Rebel. It's like a Rebel and a Warrior. I think it's going to be an exciting time. Well, thank you much, uh, Mary, for taking some time to talk with us on the 501st cast. It was my pleasure. Thank you for asking me. And thanks to all of you who supported our Rebels screening here at Toronto Fan Expo. It was, I think, really successful. It's been fun to hear everyone's comments as they come by the booth and talk about it. Um, sounds like it was a big hit. So I can't wait for more people to see it come the beginning of October. Yeah, I know. It was a, a far better experience to be able to watch it in a theater with everyone else laughing and cheering at the same time than just in my living room, you know, with my family. It was it was a definitely uh, an awesome experience. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. So obviously I attended this event, and one of the huge highlights, at least for me personally, besides the awesome booth, besides the fact that Mary Franklin and Lucasfilm were there and had a booth, and besides the fact that even Albin was finally able to make it to Fan Expo after numerous years of trying to get him, but for me, the, the highlight was the fact that uh, Mary brought along Star Wars Rebels, the first episode, and screened it for only the second time since San Diego Comic-Con. So it was such an amazing experience to be able to watch it in a theater setting with my family, plus hundreds of other Star Wars fans. You know, everyone got to, you know, laugh together right. and cheer together. And it was just like, you know, the last time I'd experienced that was probably um, either the 3D version of Episode 1 or when Episode 3 came out. You know, that's and, and it's fun. Yeah, it definitely you know? totally changed yeah. the feel of it. Yeah. So that was my personal favorite. I, I guess the second favorite thing was I got to joke around with um, Steve Bloom. But when I first went up to his table, I wasn't quite sure how he pronounced his name because he spells it the same way as I do, which is B-L-U-M. But I pronounce it Blum. So, of course, I had to go to You've been wrong all these yeah. years. <laughs> well, well, I had to tease him, yeah, and tell him that he's been pronouncing it wrong. But... So that was fun. Got to talk with him, and I got a couple autographs. And um, Unfortunately, I tried to get a sound bite from him, and my equipment failed. So that was part was depressing, but still got to meet So now, now you can stalk him. It's okay. Yeah, I know. I'll just, like... <laughs> Hunt him down for the next show. <laughs> right. Um, but the Canadian garrison has always um, worked well with the organizers of Fan Expo. They're constantly tapped on to do promotional appearances uh, in advance of Fan Expo. And we'll have a link in our show notes, and maybe we can even play a clip of it. He had um, one of the reps from Global TV Morning Show. I actually called them up and asked to borrow one of their suits so that he could put it on on the air. So the oh. the uh, it was it wasn't quite the best fit because obviously when you're borrowing somebody else's armor, it's not perfect. But 
It's right. still cool. So we'll have a link to it, and hopefully we can play some of it uh, coming up next. Fan Expo is about to get underway today, and it celebrates its 20th anniversary. Let's check in with Liam, who is down at the Metro Convention Center. Liam. Hey, Alan, I bet you're so jealous right now. I mean, check out this amazing suit. It totally fits like a glove. You know, they say that you need to actually, okay, fine, busted. It doesn't fit like a glove. Uh, thanks to Roy here. Uh, you, you let me borrow one of your Stormtrooper outfits, but it clearly doesn't fit me as the way it should. Th that's the reason why it's so custom, right? Yeah, you got to custom fit it to you and your body, so. Yeah, talk to me about the process of putting it on, because I attempted to do that just moments ago, and it was such a process. Like, how do you go about designing something that looks movie accurate, but at the same time, it's easy to put on and take off? Well, uh, that's the whole trick. Like, uh, usually you build it from the ground up, you start at the bottom and build it up. But, uh, I mean, when stuff's in a movie, you, you shoot, you know, you're on action for 30 seconds, the helmet can come on and off. I mean, we're in these things, sometimes we're in these things for six hours. So um, we customize it a bit so they're actual comfortable to wear. We got fans in the helmet so you don't end up passing out. Things like that, because it's got to be comfortable, because, you know, we do a lot of charity and it doesn't end anytime soon. <laughs> well, we want to take a look at ins inside, too, just to show the amount of process and wiring that it takes uh, to keep cool. I mean, on a day like today where it's a bit more brisk it's probably good for the stormtroopers right oh yeah it's it's a, got a nice breeze out here so it's pretty nice but um, well, I mean, when that, the sun comes out it can be really hot in these things that's why we have helmets with the fans in them and stuff because you can just bake uh, the thing about sci-fi fans and fantasy fans is a lot of times to be screen accurate is so important i mean what sort of detail do you have to look through are you watching stills from the movie and looking at how many dots there are or how many events there are what's the sort of process in terms of constructing something like this yeah that's pretty much it uh, now with the blu-rays out you can really get in there and see all the detail even the stitching how things were put together how the suit was constructed originally and we try to replicate it exactly or as close as we can and this is why it's important to have your own armor troopers. Yes. It might, <laughs> it might look all uniform and might look one size fits all, but it actually doesn't. Right. So, fun. Overall, awesome time. Wow, fun. Yeah, I, I was sad that I missed out on that, especially when I saw some of the photos of the sets. Uh, like you said, I heard that they, you know, they really rocked the exhibits up there. Um, and Mary did say a few things about the sets, so it's pretty phenomenal. <laughs> Well, it's that time. As we promised you earlier in the show, it's time for the super secret, super secret 501st cast, wait, 501st cast podcast patch code word. Ooh. Ooh. And the code word is? Ezra. Ezra. All right. You know what to do, troopers. Get to it. Well, as we last mentioned, or as we mentioned in the last episode, Salt Lake Comic Con took place September 4th through 6th, and Alpine Garrison helped to entertain the more than 120,000 attendees for the second year in a row. And if you missed the last episode, you know, that con grew from 40,000 attendees the first year to 120,000 attendees. So I just think there's obviously something in the water. That's why people go. Salt. <laughs> Apparently the salt. Yeah, yeah it's the salt. For uh, for one side of their booth, uh, they had the Emperor's Throne with Lord Vader and a Stormtrooper posing for photos, and then Blast a Trooper uh, booth on the other side. By the end of the two and a half days, they raised more than $2,800 for the Peter Mayhew Foundation. Some of the visiting garrisons were Timberline, Mountain, Dune Sea, and I think Dubac Ridge as well. 
This year's attendance has catapulted Salt Lake City's Comic-Con solidly into the top five Comic-Cons in North America. And thanks to Aaron, TK93072, for that report. Empire City Garrison joined the 106th Rescue Wing for their annual Family Fun Day on Saturday, September 6th. Jim, who is CT46192 in his 501st clone, and Ron, SL5928 in his Darth Vader, answered the call. The troop held a special significance for Ron since he was in the Air Force himself many years ago. Unfortunately, the heat and humidity of an outdoor event took their toll, and even though they wanted to troop longer, both Jim and Ron were soaked in sweat. Check out some of the great photos from the day via the link in our show notes. And thanks to Ron, SL5928, for that report. On the evening of September 6th, Central Garrison visited the Autism Center of Nebraska for their Star Wars night. During the visit, they met a little boy dressed as Jango Fett, and learned that he was mostly deaf. They also learned that because he was recently bullied, he stopped wanting to learn sign language and wear his hearing aids. Legion members had the chance to reach out to the boy when James, TK17111, started signing to him. Through James, the boy was able to see that it's okay to be different and that there are others out there just like him. The night left a huge impact on the boy, and his mom reports they all had a wonderful time. Little Django thought it was the coolest thing to see another deaf person doing something cool and fun. When his mom asked him what his favorite part of the whole event was, he said it was meeting James, a.k.a. Deaf Trooper. Little Django also has Asperger's and struggles with motor skills, so signing is tricky for him a lot of the time. But James was so patient and signed slow enough that Little Django even attempted to sign back without worrying that he was doing it wrong. Usually he won't for fear of wrong finger or hand placement. So this night was a wonderful example of how you never know when or how you're going to touch another person's life and make a big impact. So nice job, James and all of Central Garrison. And thanks to Jeff Shipman for that report. On September 14th, Carolina Garrison stormed the second annual Florence Comic Con in South Carolina. This year, it grew in size from being hosted in a small art gallery to being held at the Florence Darlington Technical College in a brand new and quite large uh, SIMT building. Uh, A great new venue with lots of space and amenities. The con started at 10 a.m. and went until 6 p.m. As the door opening time approached, a large line formed to get inside, and the 501st Legion was given a huge space to set up their blasted trooper to raise funds for the Make-A-Wish Foundation, and also had three tables filled with props, helmets, literature, and a few items for con-goers to take for free, like our trading cards or temporary tattoos, things like that. The Florence Comic Con featured an entire convention hall just for comic book vendors and costume contests, Walking Dead zombie cast members signing autographs, as well as a full room of artists and cosplay fan groups. Blast a Trooper was a last-minute addition to the con presence this year, but it turned out to work quite nicely. Congoers loved the idea of donating to shoot uh, troopers with Nerf gun darts, and they were able to raise $232 over the course of the eight-hour day. So we'll have a link to a photo of the Carolina Garrison's TIE pilots at the booth uh, in our show notes. Thanks to Jason, TD5945, for that report. The 501st Legion's Empire City Garrison was invited to Legoland's Star Wars Days on September 19th through the 21st. 
The first day was a solo troop for Walter, SL-2121-3, but he was accompanied by his fellow 9-11 recovery worker, Kevin Smith, who volunteered to take photos during the two-hour appearance. For the second day, Richard, CT-11291, trooped from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., and Walter, SL-212113, trooped from 4.30 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. Then on the last day, Eugene, TK-11223, Ron, SL-5928, and Rebel Legion's Bobby as a Jedi trooped Legoland's Discovery Center. Congratulations to Eugene on his first troop with a 501st especially since apparently the air conditioning was out and it was in the mid-80s inside the building. We'll have a link to photos from the last day of the event in our show notes. Thanks to Walter, SL-21213, and Ron, SL-5928, for that report. So next up, Lord Vader sent troopers to a not-so-secret rebel base in Charlotte, North Carolina, to discover why it was still standing after 20 years. Troopers discovered that there was so much cool geek swag inside that they couldn't bear to see it destroyed. Unfortunately, Lord Vader agreed and sent them back with a shopping list of goodies to bring back to the Death Star. Rebel-based comics and toys celebrated their 20th anniversary on September 20th with a party and sale and invited Carolina Garrison to appear. They also fundraised for Make-A-Wish while they were there, and Rebel-based comics and toys generously offered a matching donation plus a bonus donation, which brought them up to almost $200 by the end of the party. Store owner Troy also donated several pieces of Star Wars artwork for Carolina Garrison to use at future charity raffles. The Garrison also set up their trash compactor set for kids and adults to play and pose for pictures in. Also appearing were two members of the Mandalorian Mercs and a visit from Swiss Garrison's Pascal, TB269. See, there we go. Just a nice short three-digit number. (laughs) (laughs) I joke. Old-timer. Yeah, old-timer indeed. I I think they were saying that he was the um, first uh, European European CO. Awesome. Can't verify that. I'd have to go look it up. Yeah, yeah. So we'll have a link to photos from this event in our show notes, including plenty of their very cool trash compactor set. And thanks to Tom, DZ5940, for that report. Well, on September 20th, Garrison Excelsior had their first ever troop with the famous Darth Vader balloon during the 42nd annual Adirondack Balloon Festival. At first, the members were only going to go for the evening launch, but as a last-minute decision, they headed out at 1.30 in the morning so they could make it in time for the early morning launch. After they parked, troopers were brought to a camper to change in. Unfortunately, the camper had no electricity, and since the sun hadn't risen yet, uh, they had to get by with just a flashlight. After getting into costume, they headed out to meet the pilot, Michel Lambert, and the Adirondack Balloon Festival officials. Michel presented the troopers with the official Darth Vader balloon pins. That's got to be pretty tricky around the balloon, I'm just saying. But anyway, after the pilot briefing, they headed to the field to see the Vader balloon inflated. They posed in front of the balloon and then closer to the basket for a group photo. Thousands of people came out to watch the inflation of several balloons, including the different special shapes. Many were wearing Star Wars t-shirts, and some of the children wore costumes and waved lightsabers. Unfortunately, it was pretty windy, and the balloons couldn't launch. 
After two hours, they left the field to pose for photos with some of the festival volunteers before desuiting to meet Michelle and his crew with, uh, without helmets in the way. And they traded patches and trading cards and, you know, got word that a, a new Star Wars balloon would be debuting at the Albuquerque International Balloon Festival in October. New Star Wars balloon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Michelle delivered this tidbit with a big grin on his face, but wouldn't tell which character would be revealed. Since there was quite a bit of downtime before the evening launch, the troopers availed themselves of the camper for a quick nap. Sadly, winds were still too strong, and the officials decided to ground the evening launch as well. But they were still able to pose for photos on the tarmac in the field and next to Michelle's truck. So we'll have a link to the photos in our show notes. And thanks to Kimberly, IG9572, for that report. Uh, The 43rd annual Albuquerque International Balloon Fiesta kicks off on October 4th and is one of Dubac Ridge Garrison's largest events. So we can't wait to see what the Lambert's newest balloon is going to be. I know. It's been a while, though. So I guess I'm not totally surprised that they're adding a new balloon to the mix because Vader Balloon has been around for several years now. Yoda head, that's pretty round. I'm hoping. Three-tio. I'm hoping for R two personally. Uh, I'm, my R2 money's balloon, on R two. Sure. Yeah, it'd be e- that'd be an easy one. But that's why I don't think it'll be him. He'd be easy. Maybe. <laughs> I say they do an entire star destroyer. Hmm. It could go around like uh, poking all the other balloons. <laughs> it's like big pointy I think, end. I think we're missing the very obvious here: the Death Star. Right? Oh, please. Hasn't that been done? Uh, Yeah, there was a small-scale one I've seen, (laughs) but... That would be actually phenomenal. To see a very large Death Star balloon in the sky. Yeah. So, well, hopefully we'll we'll see in a couple more days. Yep. Yeah, I think there... This one in the Adirondacks was only, I think, three days long. Mm -hmm. But the Albuquerque one is... I think one of the largest in the world, and that goes for, I think, like a week or two. It's like really wow. long. So we should be seeing lots of photos coming out of that one. Will be fun. And New England Garrison is always proud to welcome members to the 501st Legion's ranks, but this instance was special. Peter Allen is a passionate Star Wars fan and was working on a TIE Fighter pilot costume to join the 501st. But Peter is also living with ALS, the paralyzing neurodegenerative disease that we're all more familiar with thanks to the Ice Bucket Challenge. Unfortunately, detailed costume work became beyond his capabilities, and as his illness progressed, New England Garrison learned of Peter's goal when they were contacted by Peter's social worker. They and other 501st members from around the world immediately stepped up to complete his costume for him and gathered Star Wars collectibles to be presented to Peter at his induction ceremony. A ceremony that concluded, appropriately, with attending members of the 501st and during the, the infamous Ice Bucket Challenge. Thanks go to Westerly, Rhode Island's Elks Lodge, who provided the venue and the ice. So, on, on Sunday, September 21st, New England Garrison officially welcomed Peter. TI-77400 into the 501st Legion and their family. We'll have links to two articles about Peter and his 501st induction in our show notes. Nice. Yeah. Welcome, Peter. Drinks are on the new guy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Or at least the ice. 
Hey everyone, it's Kyle Newman, the director of Fanboys, and you're listening to the 501st Cast. Upcoming events. Coming up this weekend, at least as we record, will probably already have happened by the time you're listening to this. Many, many Legion Troopers are gearing up for special preview screenings of the new Star Wars Rebels cartoon. So we hope to have more news on how those events are going during our next show. I know we don't have any in our area. Do you guys have any of these special screenings around you guys? Probably Scott does. Yeah. We have actually we have two this coming weekend. We have one here in Los Angeles, uh, and, which actually is a pretty big to-do. And then we have... Uh, there's one in San Diego as well. The one in L.A. is kind of a charity screening. I'm not sure. I think they're supporting Make-A-Wish, but I know that Dave Filoni will be there, and uh, we actually have Chris Bartlett uh, will be coming in his C-3PO, and we'll have R2-D2, and we'll have some Rebels characters, and it'll be a really fun big day for those people in attendance. Awesome. Now, we don't have anything here, so I got nothing. <laughs> ah, ah. Go, wowsy, wowsy, woo, woo. <laughs> Okay, yeah, Schlepprock. Probably nobody even knows who that is. Never mind. <laughs> uh, my kids and I watch that show. Okay, okay. I'm like, I just aged myself. Yeah, Pebbles and Bam Bam. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm clueless over here. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> See, I told you. <laughs> oh, well. Well, October 11th is the third annual Star Wars Reads Day. There will be events taking place all over the U.S., as well as a few other countries. Most of the events will be taking place on October 11th itself, but some, like school events and actually certain libraries, uh, will be on October 10th. If you want to know where the 501st will be in your area, just drop us a line at info at 501st.com, and we'll get you all the information. Can't they also go to, uh, there's a website that DK Publishing has out that tells where most of these events are taking place? Uh, yes, we can put that in the link in our show notes as well. In the well. show notes. Yeah, I think they have like an official site that we could post up. But absolutely, drop us a line because we'll know where our troopers are going. Right, because all the events that are listed on DK's site might not necessarily have characters it's, at them. Exactly, right. And there's probably a few unofficial ones out there too as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know I'm going to be standing on the corner just reading books in my Vader costume anywhere <laughs> So, you know, just I'll tell you where I'm at. I'll put a GPS thing on Vader, and you can just follow me around, and I'll read books. <laughs> <laughs> and one of the fun events that Legionnaires get to participate in during this time of year are zoo boos, or boo at the zoo, when local zoos open their doors to all sorts of costumed characters for trick-or-treating. Two of the many zoos that will be hosting such an event are the Seneca Park Zoo in Rochester, New York, with Garrison Excelsior, and Warner Park Zoo in Chattanooga, Tennessee, with Mid-South Garrison. Both appearances are happening on October 18th. Zoo boos? Aren't those marshmallow covered in chocolate? I don't know. Is that like a Californian <laughs> delicacy? That must be a local just, thing. It just sounds like some kind of crazy candy bar. I'm going to run to the store and get me a couple of zoo boos. <laughs> yum, yum. They're so crunchy and delicious. Uh, <laughs> no. I don't know if that's really a good idea. Uh, let's go do that in front of the, the lion den. Boo! <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Yeah, we were actually told when we troop at the zoo not to go in the um, the orangutan and the monkey house. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just to stay away from that altogether. So we can troop almost all the rest of the zoo except for not to go into their house. 
So. That's kind of funny. I've never done one of those. I'd have to see if they do anything here in the Los Angeles area. So it sounds like fun, though. Yeah, it is. And delicious. <laughs> <laughs> well. Do we have uh, any new news on celebrations since the last time we had an episode? In, in, the only big news for any members listening to this that haven't been on the boards is bash tickets are on sale. Bash tickets are on sale. Uh, yep, we finally uh, we finally posted up. So for our members that are coming out to celebration and want to take part in the 501st Legion Bash, uh, obviously head to the Legion boards. We'll put a link in the show notes uh, if we can, and uh, you know make sure to get those tickets because it is limited uh, based on the space available. But we'll be at the Marriott, and uh, you know it's crazy. I actually have not a lot of news because I'm waiting on uh, uh, Lucasfilm to give us more information about what's going on on the show show floor. So actually, there's quite a few people that are on hold. I even heard that uh, you know possibly there might be some props coming from the Belgian garrison, but everyone's waiting for sort of the green lights. So we are in a holding pattern until further notice. Now, uh, the folks that do New York Comic Con, that's the same folks that are doing Celebration, right? Yeah, it's yeah. the. Um, so I'm wondering, Con- since New York Comic Con's coming up um, the same weekend as Star Wars Reads Day, I wonder if they're all kind of focused on that, and as soon as that settles down, maybe they'll be able to focus well, on celebration. Well, the bigger thing was supposed to be, you know, obviously I think, you know, there's there's a lot of, there is a lot of stuff that's going to be going into celebration. And right now I know that, um, you know, Mary Franklin is really figuring out where things are going to go. What is the space on the floor going to look like? You know, we had hoped to have the 501st Legion and the Rebel Legion booths actually out on the floor near each other and to do some really fun and interactive things together. Uh, so we don't, we just don't know yet if it's going to be there or if it's going to be in a room like we kind of had at celebration. Six, which is fine, you know, whatever works out best. But uh, we, we just have some really good plans for how to make it awesome for the fans. So the sooner we know, the better, because there's plenty of stuff to be done. All right. And as always, for uh, more upcoming events, be sure to check out our friends at Roku Depot. They publish a database from the 501st, which contains upcoming events from as many of our Legion units as they can gather data from. Trooper of the Month. There were an astounding six nominations for May's Trooper of the Month, but the honor ultimately was given to Kenny Lim, TK86421 of Singapore Garrison. Many of us in the Legion do our part for charity by raising money, donating blood, or making children smile. Kenny stopped a suicide. On May 3rd, as some of Singapore Garrison troopers retired from their troop at Free Comic Book Day, four troopers were heading for dinner. Among them, TX86421, Kenny TK Lim, a.k.a. Hairspray, was looking forward to a full day of trooping the next day, this time in his TK. That was when they came across an elderly lady who was distraught and brandishing a knife. She wanted to kill herself in public. Kenny spotted that knife, and he was the first to react and try to calm her down despite lacking force powers. He managed to console her and get her to put down her knife while his fellow troopers teamed up to covertly alert the authorities. It turned out the elderly lady was a foreigner whose wealthy family brought her to the shopping district for one reason only, abandonment. The police took the elderly lady in their protective custody and activated other human service agencies to help care for her. Those involved initially reported this to the CO anonymously through a third party. They felt what they did was not commendable, but was only the bare minimum expected of decent human beings. 
However, in today's world, acts such as these need to be encouraged and highlighted whenever and wherever they can. Many troopers join the 501st because, among other things, our activities give them an outlet for charity. Kenny, however, shows that we must answer charity's call anywhere and everywhere, whether in costume or not. His actions are an extension of that spirit of charity and compassion that is already deep within before a trooper even cuts his first kit. Kenny certainly has the exemplary heart of a trooper, uh, even if his hairspray is a bit much. <laughs> but joking aside, Kenny spent the next day, May the 4th, 2014, trooping and manning the garrison's publicity booth in all humility as if nothing happened the day before. Most of his garrison mates were none the wiser. But now we are all wiser for having Kenny as a 501st brother and learning of his deeds that day. Excellent work, trooper. Wow, nicely done. Good job, Trooper. Speaking of answering Charity's call, Keith, IC11878 from New England Garrison, recently went on a volunteer mission to Haiti to install solar panels on the Be Like Brit orphanage. A total of 50 solar panels were installed to help provide the orphanage with self-sustainable energy source for years to come. To learn more about the Be Like Brit Foundation, which was created in the name of Brittany Gengel, please visit their website, and we'll have a link to that in our show notes. As always, our official home on the web is 501st.com forward slash podcast, where you can post your feedback and comments and listen to previous episodes of the show. The 501st cast is an easy way to catch up on a few weeks of Legion news while driving, at the office, or working out. But if you're looking for up-to-the-minute news, you'll need to get it from our social media feeds like Facebook and Twitter. Just look us up on Facebook as The 501st Legion, or go to facebook.com forward slash The 501st Legion. You can also follow us on Twitter at at 501st Legion, or go to twitter.com slash 501st Legion. Join in the discussion as thousands of fellow fans share their passion for trooping, Star Wars, and charity. The 501st Legion is a worldwide Star Wars costuming organization comprised of and operated by Star Wars fans. While it is not sponsored by Lucasfilm Limited, it is Lucasfilm's preferred Imperial costuming group. Star Wars, its characters, costumes, and all associated items are the intellectual property of Lucasfilm, copyright 2014, Lucasfilm Limited. In trademark, all rights reserved, used under authorization. That's it, troopers. Join us next time on the 501st Cast.